Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host Mike, and joining me as always, hey guys, Brian. And we have another review for you guys. This week we'll be reviewing Bird Box, the Netflix released film that has pretty much been the craze of the last, I don't know, month or so. So yeah, this is it's actually it's funny because this this review is going to come after the Young Girls of Rochefort, and. The film that we originally were going to talk about was Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, which is one of a, a, a really big fan favorite of mine. I, I love this movie, but I couldn't find my copy. I don't know what happened to it. So then I was going to stay on the musical uh, genre, or I guess the musical tone with Amadeus. But then, you know, that would have been, I only have, it's not on Netflix anymore, I only have a DVD, and then I would have to watch it, Brian would have to watch it, it's a director's cut, it's a long film, so then I sat down, and on New Year's Day, I actually watched uh, this film, Bird Box, with my girlfriend, because we didn't feel like going out, and uh, we just, you know, wanted to know what this film was, so we watched it, and immediately, I said, this is the film that Brian and I are going to talk about, and... <clears throat> There's a lot of different reasons why, and we'll get into those. And so, but first off, Brian, I want to ask you, what was your, what did you hear about Bird Box leading up to, like, your watching or leading up to this review, and just your impressions of kind of the hype? So I, I feel like the hype is very important that we should talk about. So, how did you hear about Bird Box, and what is your impression on? this hype surrounding the film well i heard through the film i felt heard about the film just like i mean how anyone else heard about it through the just through the sheer inundated like just promotion of it it was just kind of shoved down everyone's throats um the, the the campaigning was just was especially aggressive and i don't mean that in a bad or good way i just mean that it was just out there i think it was even on tv and um especially on on like youtube like ads and stuff like that for a Netflix film, which I never really seen before. I don't really know why they campaigned so hard for this film, but, and then, well then, and then the film came out. I remember when well, I saw the trailer, I was like, ah, oh, what is this? And I was just like, oh, well, it just seems like it's like a, a ripoff of A Quiet Place and The Happening. But from my understanding that these two films were in development at the same time, and also the book came out way before both The Happening and A Quiet Place, but they both... But A Quiet Place and, the, and Bird Box went into development at the same time, and I think it was just a question of what got out first. But also, in terms of the hype, I believe it's it's just created. It, it, I don't really think... I think Netflix created the hype. I don't think anyone is especially... I, I, so Netflix created it, I believe, and then people kind of just like, you know, the whole, not mob mentality, but the, but the whole group mentality, group thing thing, where if it's in the, if it's in the mainstream and it's getting more traction, it just kind of inevitably blows up. So I, I was reading articles that, you know, all these memes that you see of Sandra Bullock wearing the blindfold were created by Netflix and just kind of thrown into the mainstream, especially with the bird box challenge. Netflix will never admit that they, that that they had a hand in creating that. And in fact, they've gone public saying, don't do this. But if anything, they're totally behind this craze, like the new, you know, the new, the new thing to do. So in terms of the hype, I believe it's just totally created through a marketing scheme, not necessarily because the movie is so good. And yeah, I didn't really buy into it. I just saw it because honestly, if you never, if you never recommended this, I never would have seen the film. Or maybe I would have, but not, you know, just because I had nothing else to watch. Well, I want to talk about... Well, yeah, you're right. So, I think this is utterly fascinating in kind of the times that we live in in this internet age. Because... And I think people should study, like, how Bird Box... A film that people are panning... And I don't know if people are panning it because of the hype. Which I think is some people definitely are. Like they're saying, oh, this film was so hyped up and it's so lackluster. And 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 we'll, you know, through this review, we'll see if the film is lackluster or not. But I think it's utterly fascinating that because my reason or the way I was introduced to this was like, yeah, I heard about it. But I feel like this, the marketing for this movie started at least for me, like very late, like right as. And I think that's Netflix in general. Like they'll release something and then and then like that day they'll start marketing it i think the only thing that i've seen trailers for prior was stranger things i think that's the only thing that they were marketing like 
prior to the release. Because most of the time I go on the Netflix and then I'm like, oh, that's out. Like there's a Netflix exclusive film or like the second or like the season of this is out like Big Mouth. I had no idea that the second season came out. Well, whenever it came out, I remember just signing on the Netflix and I was like, oh, Big Mouth season two released today. I was like, "Wait, what? There was no build-up to this. Like, it, a pretty, a pretty popular show." Well, a lot, and... a lot of that's a lot, a lot of Netflix does that. Even, even the third and final season for a series, Unfortunate Events, just came out. Like nothing. Well, I was gonna say there that. was no radio buzz for it. It just kind of happened, and I feel like Netflix just does that. So well, that's what I mean. That's why I think it's so interesting that the only things that I could hear that were really hyped up were Stranger Things, which I think is rightly so. And that was only just like, oh, here's a trailer that it's coming out soon. That was another phenomenon, though. Well, and then and then Bird Box. And it, and I'm just questioning, like, why Bird Box? Why is Bird Box the film that, with all these exclusive Netflix films and, and shows that are, like, genuinely very great, Beasts of No Nation immediately comes to my mind. That was one of the first Netflix exclusive films that I watched when it came out. And that film is excellent. Yeah, and that film's great. And that got like very minimal, like press, or that got very minimal uh, advertising. Other than hey, it's on Netflix. But now Bird Box is this huge thing of like there, there's memes about it. There's a stupid Bird Box challenge. There's, there's, there's all like there's all this stuff about it and just exploded. And I think that's a very interesting. You know, it, I think it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this film is that. It's it's an interesting case study of just like culture that we're in right now, and the and how powerful the internet can be, and how powerful memes can be. Like, which sounds stupid, but in essence, they really are. And it's just another form of you know making things explode. And so that's kind of that's the hype. And I saw this movie not really because like I heard about the hype. It did nothing for me. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I think I actually just pulled up a stat. I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's saying something like 45 million people watched the film. And, and and I think that's interesting because Netflix apparently is very, like, silent about their streaming data. And it's just weird that suddenly this film, of all the, all the content that they have, this is the film that they're like, oh, yeah, like, all these people watch this film. Is it fabricated? Is it? I mean, I think it's definitely. It's maybe not fabricated is the best word. I think it's like part of their narrative. But yeah, so I watched the film because I heard. Obviously, I heard about all this, but I said it did nothing for me. But I was le- reading all these reviews that it was like not that good. And I remember seeing one trailer and being like, "Oh, this sounds actually really interesting." Now I've been <laughs> I've been down this road before. I see a trailer for a gimmick like this, like, oh, you can't see them, and the whole film is, like, her behind a blind, or, like, the characters blindfolding themselves, like, blinding themselves. I've seen gimmicks like this, and we're going to talk about those gimmicks and whether or not I like them, and so, again, the gimmick pulled me in, and right out, I'm just going to say, like, first impression, like, I actually kind of like the movie. It certainly wasn't perfect, but I actually kind of like the movie, so, Brian, what were, and, so, Brian, what was your first impression of Bird Box? So, I actually, it took me two times to watch this because um, I was with my girlfriend, we started watching it, and we got to the, pretty much when everyone gets into the house, I guess like the first like 20 minutes, and I wasn't really taken to it too much, Um, so, and also it was getting a little late, so we, I kind of just like, eh, whatever, I'll watch this later, I'll finish it later, because I think you had recommended it by that point. And I was just like, eh, I'm not really getting too sucked into it. Um, the the whole premise, I, I do like. I will say, I do like the premise where if you look at it, and it doesn't, it doesn't like. It's not like the happening where it necessarily makes you kill yourself, but you go so crazy that I feel like death is the only you know viable option for you. So I do love that premise. That premise is actually pretty cool in of itself, but. It's, it's, it's interesting because what made me turn it off the first time was what everyone else is praising it for. Everyone's saying that the acting is like is so is so great and that everyone is doing a fantastic job. In the first 20 minutes, I didn't really like it. I didn't really like the acting that much. I thought Sandra Bullock in the first scene was... Now, she gets better, I will say that, as the movie continues. But in this first scene, it was, it was a little too on the nose, and no pun intended, because her nose looks really weird in this film. I guess the plastic surgery got botched, but I feel like it's more 
she's being like too aggressive and it's too like edgy where it's like you have to listen to me you're gonna or you're gonna die do you understand me and then i will hurt you if you take this off <laughs> yeah it was i get what she was saying but it was really weirdly written and then you get to the whole dialogue of her and her sister which they actually kind of managed to pull it off because they're good actors but even but that doesn't negate that it's really odd dialogue and and i can't really pull specific parts of it out because i only saw it that one time actually i finished it last night but uh i just from the first 20 minutes and then well then well then everything starts getting real and then people start dying and and that's actually pretty intense and you don't really know what's going on then the sister kind of will say she kills herself and that's and that's sad but then when you get into the house and they're kind of just explaining what's going on Again, I feel like there were there there could have been better ways that they could have written to demonstrate what's going on. You kind of the characters are kind of one note. You get John Malkovich, who's the who's the dick. Who I actually I like his character. You get um, B D Wong, I believe that's his name, as as the as the reassuring you know gay neighbor. You get uh, Charlie, who's the black guy from Get Out, who just knows everything, which is weird. Because I feel like that is because I remember we kind of briefly mentioned this where. I said, "Oh, this is char. This is this is the exposition, like Basil exposition from Austin Powers, just saying what's going on." Uh, of well, these are the demons. Like, well, every culture has this conception of uh, of like a Cthulhu, you know, Lovecraftian monster that it, it's we don't know if it's a demon or if it's just like an extraterrestrial or it's something that you look at it and it makes you see your innermost fears, demons. Uh, regrets and you just go so crazy that you kill yourself or with that like you you want to die and I was like oh well that's really hand-fisted how would this how would this you know common man grocery store clerk know anything about this well I'm writing a book oh well that makes perfect sense um and, and then after that that's when I kind of shut it off and then I went back to it and then I finished the movie but that 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 I feel like if if I'm gonna give you a first impression, that is kind of in essence what I thought initially of the film, and then and my lingering problems with it. So I think my big problem, and why I want to talk about this, is because when I finished the film, I was like, that was okay, which, like, I wasn't expecting it to be more than just okay. Like, I wasn't expecting yeah, this to be like my new favorite movie. I was expecting it to be just like a turn your brain off and just kind of take it in. Like I wasn't expecting like some philosophical debate about angels and demons or whatever. I just sat there and was like, all right, this is going to be like just a, a fun horror movie, which I don't know, debatable. But at the end of the day, what pissed me off the most is that this film, like people are comparing this, obviously you said it when we first started, Brian, to A Quiet Place and a Happening. And I'm not even going to talk about the happening because I don't. That's a, that's a horrible film in every capacity that it could be a horrible film. It's it's bad, but a quiet place. And for all the listeners that have been listening for a while, back in uh, early in 2018 when I had seen a quiet place, I panned the movie. I really didn't like it. And I think what annoyed me most is that people were praising it as a game changer in horror and in like thrillers. And to me, I thought it was like poorly written none of the character nothing made sense in the movie they didn't follow their own rules which is fine that films don't do that if you're just trying to entertain me but the fit like critics and audiences alike were were saying that this is like like the next like it follows or something or the next like monster movie i'm like no this is not this is not a good film i think i gave it a, it was either a three or a four out of ten and i really didn't like it but then people are using the same logic for like a quiet place like like for there the people that loved a quiet place hate bird box and i honestly don't understand why they don't like it i I, i'm failing to see the the disconnect i mean i think the writing is a little bit better in a quiet place but that's not really saying much and because there's a lot of loose ends and lots of things set up that aren't paid off and i uh yeah, I, I just don't understand why people love A Quiet Place and hate Bird Box. Because in the end of the day, it's a it's a gimmick. In A Quiet Place, they can't talk. And in Bird Box, they can't see. And it's a monster that can, you know, fuck them up really easily. And 
and I and I don't think either film really follows the rules established. I think that Bird Box follows them a little bit better, but in the end of the day, that's like I, I'm just baffled about why people that loved A Quiet Place don't like Bird Box, and they're saying that it's copying A Quiet Place, which is stupid. Um, it's just a gimmick. It's it's just a gimmick. There's a lot of stupid people out there who just kind of take things for face value. They don't appreciate that, like, it just, yeah, it is just a gimmick. And, I mean, I feel like A Quiet Place just had, it had a studio budget, and and I, and, and it's weird. I, I, I haven't said this before, but I feel like when you watch Netflix movies, they have their own kind of Netflix feel to it. Like, even the Coen brothers, when they made The Battle of Buster Scruggs, it felt like, it, and it was presented like a Netflix movie. Not like a big studio budget movie. You know, does that make sense? Like, aesthetically, there are differences between the Netflix films and everyone else. Like, it's supposed to be watched at home, not in a theater. No, not even that. It's just the fact that... Oh, because that's how I took... No, it's not... No, I don't take it like... I'm not talking like that. I just mean there's just a difference, and I can't explain it, but hopefully people know what I'm talking about, is that there's a pretty significant difference in the camera presentation or just something between Netflix movies and everything else. Because even like Amazon, um, like exclusive films, like the, like, uh, um, the neon demon and stuff feel like a, not that I don't want to say feel like a real movie, but they just feel a little more traditional. Whereas the Netflix doesn't necessarily, but that, that's just my little stupid interpretation. So, so, I guess we can get into the film. Uh, I guess we can separate... The- so, one of the things right off the bat... I want to talk about the editing of this film. I think the editing is odd and doesn't really work for me. I think the beginning shot works just to kind of establish like things are real. Uh, it's it's. I felt it... I, well, one of the things, yeah, the dialogue is like you can't take your blindfold off, like, I will hurt you, like, I, that got a good chuckle out of me, because I was like, no one talks like that, even, like, diehard, like, people that are survivors don't, like, they're like, I will hurt you, it just didn't and feel, it just didn't feel, it felt forced, real. yeah, and, but I was like, whatever, like, I get the point that you're trying to make, like, I'm not, like, this isn't an Oscar-worthy performance, like, fuck it, whatever, just deliver the line, but, and then, like, it's establishing, like, yeah, they're on the boat, whatever, and then we cut back to, like, the first day. And I was like, okay, we're gonna work up to this scene in chronological order. But then throughout the film, it's, like, jumping back and forth uh, to them on the river and the rapids, and it's very odd to me. I don't understand why it couldn't be chronological. And to me, it kind of, I was saying this yesterday to you, it kind of... uh defeats some of like the it, it defeats itself in in some of the like the giveaways so the beginning of the film there's two children and immediately i was like oh they're both hers like she's pregnant whatever but then later in the film like uh they take in another pregnant woman i'm like oh okay like how is that gonna because then in the beginning of the film they're like oh it's it's one it's you of like one child and i was like like you're pregnant with one kid i'm like oh then where's the second one come in and then you get this other, the, the pregnant woman that comes in, and you're like, oh, okay, like, she's going to factor in here somehow. But then, uh, I think in the middle of the film, she gives, like, Sandra Bullock gives her, like, a Hello Kitty, like, the pregnant woman, a Hello Kitty doll. She's like, oh, I want this to, like, give to my child. And then it cuts directly to the rapids with the kid holding it. I'm like, oh, so that's her kid. But to me, I took that, I'm going to bring it back to Star Wars and just um, kind of go with me for a little bit. So the way George Lucas says watch Star Wars is 1 through 6. Now, if you do that, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, you have like, oh, this is baby Luke and this is baby Leia. So you know that right at that moment that this is, you know, Darth Darth Vader is Luke's father. But if you watch it from 1 to 1 to 6, that reveal in 5 is completely diminished because you know that information like the emotional impact of that twist is gone because you already knew that information if you watch them in sequential order so i kind of feel like that that's what's going on here in that the i mean i don't want to say it's a twist but like i like it's the threads are not like they're kind of ripped apart because i'm like oh well 
that's her that's her daughter but now i'm not invested at all like i don't i don't know it didn't work for me i thought the editing was very choppy and uneven and that's kind of my opinion what's your opinion on the editing yes yeah i agree the editing was a little weird uh as the film progressed though i was like ah this is the story they're gonna tell i said it didn't bother me too much initially i was like whoa what's going on here not and it's not that it was like a horrible thing it was just a little jarring and weird and but no, but as the as the movie kind of carried along and got its pacing, I was like, oh okay. Uh, it, it was weird though that they would constantly jump back and forth between you know the present day of the going along the river and then like the the flashback sequence, and then you just back and forth, back and forth, and then like eventually within the flashback, then you have another jump in time, like five years later. And then, but then it catches up eventually. But it was just a little weird that there was a lot of time jumping. Yeah, and and, and there wasn't like any explanation as to when and how long things were. So I don't know. Like I in, thought the yeah, like well, in terms, you could definitely have that setting, that setup of, uh, like I'm gonna hurt you, blah blah blah. We're gonna go along the river, but then like stop it there and then just tell the story. Yeah, and then we'll catch we'll catch up eventually. Like we're smart. Like we'll get it. We we understand that going along the river blindfolded is not a safe move with a bunch of children. So we we get that it's serious, you know. Yeah, and then I never understood. Well, okay, we'll get to that point. The rapids, because whatever. Um, so so that's like the ed- first off, the editing is very uh, all over the place and is jarring and doesn't help the narrative. It doesn't make it stylistic. It makes no, it confusing. It doesn't. It I it's just like so that's like right off the bat I'm like okay this is not this is not the first this is not good, and then I mean I thought the acting was okay uh it kind of reminded me like B movie which yeah but I don't kinda, think they were going for they that, weren't though. go which is yeah that's a thing like if they were going for B movie like Unsane as much as I didn't like that movie it's a B movie and the well, acting even, even even the mist you know the Frank Darabont the mist or the blob his, his Frank Darabont's the blob like. They they go for that style and tone consistently, so you understand what they're saying and like why they're saying it. Because it's like, oh, it's in the vein of a. It's supposed to be cheesy because it's in the vein of a B movie. This isn't. I don't. I don't believe it is. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like in even movies that I didn't necessarily like, they're going for the B movie. So you're like, ah, oh, whatever. It's it's in the vein of that. Whereas this, it's it's very. It's too it's high. Not, concept. They're not. They're not going for. They're not going for a B movie. They're trying to be dramatic actors. And it's not working. I think John Malkovich was the only one that it works. Because I think he... I don't think he was like, I'm an actor. And I'm going to give a performance. Like, he was just like, this character is a dick. I'm going to play it as... Well, he's, he's a good enough actor that... Like, John Malkovich is a dickhead. But he's a good enough actor to portray... Like, you could give him anything. And I think he would turn it into something good. So... I want to... So I want to ask you... What... So we never really see these monsters or these creatures, whatever you want to call them. Do you do you care that we never see them? It's perfect. It's perfect because it's the Jaws mentality. It's any any other great horror movies that you yourself can imagine something more horrifying or conceptualize something worse than what's actually than what anyone can actually produce. Like this is supposed to be your the embodiment of your. I'm going to take what Charlie said as what these are, is that it's in the embodiment of your innermost fears, uh, regrets, uh, whatever have you, whatever. And that that alone you can see or you can visualize something. And you get snippets of, like, the the woman's, uh, her sister says, oh, my God, what is that? And then um, Lydia, John Malkovich's wife, says, mom, mom. And that alone is enough to just kind of give me an idea of what's going on. I'd rather have that. Did you actually see on Reddit, they they ha- they made, uh, they designed the creatures. They actually made, ca- um, they made actual physical costumes of the creatures. Did you see them? No, I'm, I'll look it, it up looks, now. It looks t- really stupid. Well, and... t- tell me about, well, tell, like, tell, tell the people that haven't seen it. It, it. it looks like a deformed, like, baby, pretty much. And it, and it, and it's not like it's not small. It's just like the head is like, it looks like a deformed baby head, and they have no teeth, and it looks like an alien, and it's really stupid. And if they showed that, I know people would not have liked that. What's well, the thing? Like, I think this film is a, <clears throat> excuse me, is a is a lose lose. If you if you show the creature, 
people are going to say, it's not what I wanted, it's not what I thought, and then people would be pissed about that. But now, since they didn't show it, which I think is the way to go, a lot of reviews that I've been seeing, and one video I watched in particular, I turned halfway off, because it's this, like, it's this guy who is screaming at the camera about how he's like the, the the creatures you don't see them like what the hell that's the whole point of the movies i want to see what this is i'm like no you don't you don't you think you do but you don't and you're and people that and i i was seeing uh i actually have this this article pulled up that i was saying before it's called bird box is a bad movie so why do so many people like it and it's like an interview like a transcription and this this right here this interviewer is saying let's talk about the no monster thing for a second a uh, big reason moviegoers watch these apocalyptic journeys is to get a glimpse of what the creature is. Catastrophe or chaos, a particular storyteller is created. Um, and then she proceeds to say, isn't this the whole point of watching something like this? No. The answer is no. Because I bet you right away that if we've seen what you're describing, this, this, this interviewer would say, well, that was stupid. And then they even say, instead, we... All we get are uh, some fluttering leaves and a few sketches of the monster from Gary, which is played by Tom Hollander. Now, to me, I completely disagree with this woman, and I also think that the reveal through brief glimpses of different, like, Cthulhu-looking monsters was utterly perfect, because it's not just one design, it's, like, all these different designs, uh, because it's all, because it's, the interpretation changes from person to person. So it's interesting seeing all these designs and and we don't ever see the monster. And ultimately when she says, isn't this the whole point? No, because you're missing the themes. Like typically, mo unless you're watching like a slasher film and what makes good horror good horror is that it's not about the monster. It's about what the monster represents. That's why films like The Babadook representing depression uh, it follows representing the whole insecurity about uh, sexuality when you're like a teenager. Why Get Out represents, you know, oppression of like a, a minority group. Like that's why these films work is because they they have a larger meaning outside of like the monster. And apparently this interviewer doesn't understand that. So I think it's utterly perfect we don't see these monsters and it works. I think this film would have been worse if we had seen these stupid designs. Yeah, no, I agree, and I mean, you always get those contrarians, you're gonna say, like, well, I wanted this, and so, and blah, 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 so, and even, we got, we saw a lot, we see, you see this with every film, especially when we were talking with The Last Jedi with Jim Hemphill, a lot of these similar threads were being discussed, and in the same vein, so, you know, you just gotta, everyone has their own two cents, and everyone's a critic, so, whatever. It doesn't, I, I, I agree with you, you shouldn't see it, and it makes the film better. So, uh, I actually just pulled up the creature design from on Reddit as we're doesn't like, it look right awful? now. For all the people that said I want to see the film, I, I want to send them this, and you're telling me that seeing this is better. <laughs> I, I can't. I, that's amazing. And again, like I, I it could it, the design couldn't have been this. I think that people would have failed like it, I, and I'll and I'll put this into the description because I think people should definitely see this design and how piss poor it is and that how I think upon seeing this design people are glad that they don't see anything so there's that uh I what I, I want to talk about I guess I don't want to say the rules I guess more just like the plot the another problem that I had with this movie is how I I wish things were more ex like I don't need that the cr what the creature design looked like. We just you know had a, I just had a little rant about that, but some things I did wish they explained a little bit more, as in why some people kill themselves and why some people go insane. I felt like that that was something that was really wishy washy because at first in the film they were they were mentioning that it seemed I was getting the impression that only like mentally insane people were more susceptible to seeing like the creatures and that they wouldn't go insane and that i was like okay i can get behind that you know these creatures drive you to a point of madness that you like you know death is the only viable option and then like the criminally insane already they're already insane enough so they form this like cult and they and like it's a cult around these creatures and they're trying to convert or they're trying to take the blindfolds off people to get more but 
that all goes kind of downhill when Tom Hollander's character of Gary kind of enters the picture. Because at first I really, I liked that idea that another, you know, I, immediately I didn't trust Gary. And I was with Tom, I was with uh, John Malkovich saying, no, don't let this guy in because it's, it's, he's so far gone outside. Like, don't let him in. And, and then we get this whole segment of him, like, you know, kind of bonding with the people. Well, not even bonding, like, they're listening to music and stuff. He's like, oh, I really like this song, and he's dancing. And then they, and then everyone goes into labor. And then he takes out these images of, and he starts sketching again. And to me, that was cheating. I thought that was such a plot contrivance that I couldn't get behind, because the filmmakers and the writers are cheating to create tension and to... They're just making him insane out of nowhere. Because that's the thing, like, I always, immediately from the beginning, I was looking at the details, and I really liked it because when people went insane, or they saw these creatures, their eyes, something happened with their eyes. And it happened with uh, Sandra Bullock's uh, sister, and immediately I noticed that. It was right in the eyes. And she's like, oh, what's that? What's it started crying? But her eyes got really messed up. And I was like, oh, are they, like, bleeding or something? But no, it's just whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And, like, it's like the hypnotic trance. And immediately when he comes in, I'm like, let me see his eyes. Let me see his eyes. And there's nothing wrong with his eyes. And so I was like, okay, like, he's fine. And and they even check that at the end of the film. They even check the eyes. So I'm not wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, his eyes are fine. But then... He just suddenly goes insane out of nowhere because he had, he had seen the monster previously. And I was like, okay, how the fuck does that work? Because that doesn't make any sense. Because immediately people that were insane, they would go insane immediately, if, if I could remember correctly. Like, there wasn't, there, there wasn't a period of transforming into the insane. Everything happened simultaneously. And I thought that this was cheating, and then... It's just to create this, to kill off pretty much everyone in the house. And I didn't like that in the slightest. I don't know, what was your opinion of of Gary's scenes and character? Uh, it, it, plot contrivance. Literally, it's, I was, as soon as he started going evil, I was like, oh, come on, this is what's really happening. You need, you need half the house to die so then the characters can move along. Uh, going off the whole, though, like, I find it, that was honestly the more interesting part of the film is that, some people like don't kill themselves and i want to know why you know you get you get the whole idea that well they're just criminally insane or they're already insane so i was saying that they have nothing to fear already um and they kind of just welcome it but i want to know why these people what they see how they feel about it uh why don't they why because like some of these people just seem normal like there was like a woman there was like a couple men like, I want to know, like, were these bad people? Were they good people that just went insane? Why, If they were good people, why didn't they? And I feel like there was already too much story there to, like, really delve into that. But that was the more interesting part. And I I don't know. But, like, to get to your whole thing about Gary, like I said, it was just a plot contrivance. And I thought it was pretty stupid that you just needed, you just needed, you just needed the people in the house to die. And you only needed to get Tom and Sandra Bullock's character alone. Especially when it's played by such a great actor of Tom Hollander. Like, it was a waste. And, I mean, he played, the like, the scene was great. It was played out really well, I think. Like, him starting to rip down the things, like, hey, give me... And then he's just so insane, just like, give me the children, I want to, I want them to see. And he just, like, kills everyone. Like, I thought that was, I thought that was, like, a really well... It was, it was a, it was a good scene in this film. But getting to that point was stupid. So there's that, but then this is when the this is when we start to diverge from the book, and so apparently, and and I think I don't know why they chose not to do this. Uh, I mean, maybe they give it more like a happier, like not happier, but more of a hopeful note because that's what the character of Tom is all about is hope, and so here everyone dies, like including Tom. It's so it's just Sandra Bullock and the two children, and in that context, it makes sense why she's so jaded. And like a survivalist, and she doesn't give the, the the children names. She calls them boy, girl. In this, in the book, but in the film, Tom survives, and he's all about hope. And she calls them boy, girl. And it's weird that Tom doesn't name them, because he's all about you know planting dreams and hopes in their brain. And Sandra Bullock saying like they'll, they'll never live that. I don't know why you do that. And like they're all they should just be about survival. So I don't understand why Tom didn't give them names or he was okay with with Sandra Bullock just calling them 
girl and boy. Because towards, like, before they leave, he even, like, says, I don't know why you call them, you don't call them, uh, you just call them boy-girl. You don't give them names. And I was actually reading about the book because I was wondering, like, how this factored into it. And then I learned that everyone died. And she said that, or in the book, I think that Sandra Bullock's character she deems that names are unnecessary luxuries, but calling people boy, girl in themselves, you know, it's still a name, which was, you know, I, I feel like whatever, but b- besides, that's, that's besides the point. I just didn't understand why she was so jaded. I mean, yeah, you could be jaded and just like kind of untrustworthy, but to the point that she just didn't seem to care about these children in the fact, like she just seemed to be like a caregiver and not like a mother, which I guess is her because the whole movie, she's reluctant to be a mother. And at the end of the film, she finally gives them a name, but, and, and then you get the whole, like, stay away from my children scene when we'll get work. Cause I want to talk about the rapids and like following the rapids. And so I don't know. I, I I think at this point I was like let's just get to the rapids because I didn't really care about you know I you see like the little snippets of them training the kids you know the the move with blindfolds and this is honestly this now that I say it it was at this point in the movie I mean I was mentioning it like in the beginning but it was at this point specifically I was like where are all the blind people like are they like immune to all this like what's going on because I thought about that right when the movie started. I was like, well, if you got to close your eyes, you're making yourself blind. So what about people that are physically blind? Because in The Quiet Place, they had the character who was deaf, which makes sense to set up why the family knew sign language. But here, I was like, um, so where are the blind people? Where are the blind people? Where are the blind people? And I kind of forgot about it until obviously the end of the movie. But uh, yeah, so we're seeing the training and stuff, and then... We get more insane people come. And again, just it's a good thing that they were actually preparing to leave. Because if they didn't have that boat ready, then they would have been absolutely screwed. So So I think let's get to the rapids part. Because this is when like it's like the it's the it's the third act of the movie. Uh they're trying to get to this voice. What did you think of the voice? Because I, I immediately didn't trust the voice. I was kind of which, which one? The the, the guy? Um, the guy on the radio, Rick. I, I immediately oh. was with Sandra Bullock. I was like, don't trust this guy. Because we know that these people, like the insane people, can manipulate. And I'm like, uh, I, I don't trust this guy. Yeah, um, I don't really know what I thought. I kind of just wanted to just see what happened, you know? I just wanted something to happen, honestly. So I wasn't just like, well, don't trust him. Like, don't do that. Uh, I, just, I honestly just wanted something to happen. So... I was kind of just like, I was kind of just like, go for it, you know? You know what I thought that I was hoping was going to happen? That, well, not really hoping, but I thought it'd be more interesting, is that I thought that the voice was like a monster or something, like the creature. And I thought that they were going to be like, oh, come to this spot, and then, like, you'll hear the birds. And I thought that, like, the birds chirping was like, oh, like, that's a surefire sign that these are the creatures, and that they're like, they pulled her, like, they pulled her to them. And I didn't. I, now I didn't know where that was gonna go if that was true. But you know, it was intriguing to me that I didn't trust the voice. I think is what I'm trying to say. And and then we get to the rapids. Like this, it has to. It's like you have to go down the rapids for like two days or something like that. And then, but throughout when they're on the rapids, we're building up to the scene that she's like, well, someone has to look. And and the little and the in the in the and her child says uh, boy says oh i'll look and she says i'm going to make the decision and i'm like okay so she's going to make the little girl make the decision because it's not her not her child which i was like okay that's i guess kind of interesting but then at the end of the day she says no one's going to look and i don't know if that's supposed to be like a cha- a character changing moment because when they were on the rapids i was like i don't understand how someone looking would help in the slightest because they're in a fucking rowboat and even if it's a it could be me like if if i was looking and i said oh there's the rapids on your right like you're gonna go that way i've been in rapid not like whitewater rapids but i've been in like uh like kayaking and i got stuck in rapids and i guess you can try and get away from it but ultimately if you're stuck and you're going in that direction you're going in that direction Wait, when was that this is like uh two summers ago i was Where? in upstate new york oh okay 
Anyway, back to the film. And and guess what? Like in the film, what exactly happened to her is what happened to me. Like I fell out and was and like I got caught in the rapids. And I had life jackets on, obviously. Like I was safe. Like it wasn't like white water or anything. it wasn't anything to this level. But it was still like kind of like oh shit, I fell out of this kayak and I got to get to the kayak. But I. I don't know, this whole build-up to these rapids, and I just kind of wasn't really into it. And then it was just over. Like, they fall out, and then they both just kind of all wash up on shore. And I'm like, oh, well, that was completely non-threatening. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, the little girl's on the shore, like, just using her, like, bell, and then the little kid is on a rock, and she gets to him. Like, I think it's supposed to be, like, oh, you can't see, so it's, like, you're supposed to put yourself, but I didn't feel like the filmmakers did a good job of, you know, you can't see. Like, in The Blair Witch, a lot of the scary stuff happens at night when you can't see anything, and you see as much as the characters do. Whereas here, being going down a rapids is scary enough, but then you're blind. You're literally b- blind to it, so you don't know what's going to happen. And you fall into the water, and you don't know, like, where your children are. Like, that's scary. But the problem is that it happened during the day, so... I am not empathizing with the characters. Like, there's no... Because I don't really care about the characters that much either. So I'm like, okay, like, that sucks. But it's, like, relying purely on my empathy instead of placing me in Sandra Bullock's uh, position. I th- And the only... The way I think they could have switched that was putting it at night and not during the middle of the day. So... Because then it's... At least I'm kind of blind to what's going on. But... So that was the rapids, kind of underwhelming, especially since this big ass build up to the rapids. Well, and then, and then the scene, just... and then the scene after that when they're like stuck in the woods, and it's pretty much Sandra Bullock's, uh, I guess, acceptance of the daughter, which I just felt was pretty contrived and pretty underwhelming and stupid in my opinion. Well, I kind of liked the whole like "don't touch my children" moment. I like that, but then she's like, "Well, then because actually I do like the fact that the monster is like." control voices like very distinct or very vaguely where they're saying like oh take off your blindfold i want to show you something it's safe and the girl's like really and then center block's like no don't you do that like i like that part but then but just the whole idea of it is kind of stupid i don't know i didn't i didn't it didn't really play for me where it was the come follow my voice i love you so much and then she follows her voice and they give a big hug and it's like that that in essence is like well she's accepted her as a daughter well, I I thought that the whole because this is in the trailer, like don't touch my children, like I really like that, and I thought that that was gonna show something about these creatures in some capacity, like the love of a mother was able to fend off these monsters, especially if we're going that they're demons or something like that, because whenever there's a demon, and I and I and I was actually it was in um in the Dana Buckler show with his new guest Ashley, they were talking about the Exorcist. And she had a really interesting point that why, like, like religious people um, like uh, like these, these movies about, like, the devil is because if there's a devil, that means there's a god. And I think that if they were going that these were, like, demonic forces, whether they were, like, you know, in some religious capacity, if she, like, the love of a mother... And, like, I don't know, the love of God, whatever, that that would fend off the demons for, like, a short amount of time. But that didn't go anywhere. So I was like, okay, so she's just saying, don't touch my children. I guess it's, again, yeah, like you said, supposed to say that she's accepting of, she's accepting the responsibility of being a mother, like a true mother, not just a caregiver, so, or a protector. So, and then they they make it out, I guess, through the power of love, (laughs) because they don't take their damn blindfolds off. And, and then we get to this, this colony. Oh, the, the monsters are chasing them to the colony, which I forgot. And, which uh, is actually kind of cool. I, that was kind of a well done scene. Well, yeah. Cause which, like, which heightens the fact that you don't know what they look like. And that's the reason why it's so scary. Cause they're like ripping trees down and like the breeze. It's, 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 it's not creepy, but it's like, it's slightly exhilarating, and it's good that you don't know what they look like. Well, and there's also that moment where you're, like, not sure if they're at, like, if this is real or not. And then the doors open. Because they're, like, banging the door, like, just let us in, please let us in. Like, let, And she's even, like, let the children in. Like, I don't even have to go. And then the doors open, they check the eyes. And then we get the whole, like, it, we get my question answered of where are the blind people. They're surviving. <laughs> uh, they form this 
this school for the blind, which wasn't a groaner moment for me. I think it was more of a like a head slapper. Like they, I, they, they formed it. No, the school was already there. No, I know, but like they formed this colony from. Oh school. yeah, yeah. And I had this head slapper moment of just like it wasn't a groaner, but I was like I should have called that from the very beginning. And I like I kind of did just as in questioning the blind because essentially the blind are immune to this, and. And so yeah, we get the school uh for the blind and and I don't know, how how did you take this whole ending? I mean, it was happy. Like and then she gives the kids their names, which was uh, stupid. I didn't I was like, uh that that's weird. Like cuz it's like such a happy moment and I'm like and, like if and the doctors there and they're like, "Oh, the kids." And then like what are their names? Like boy and girl and the woman's like, "Uh, she's not like uh." And then she says, "Well, their names are Tom and Olivia." And the and the doctor's like looking at her like fondly, and I'm like, if that were me, I'd be I'd be saying, you got kids for five years and name them boy and girl, <laughs> you know, not like, oh, that's so cute, you know. Now they have names. I'd be like, uh, who, like what? Well, what? I don't know if this is true or not. I heard this through students at my school who who also saw Bird Box and they looked up the book because I looked up the book and then I just stopped like reading because I was like, I don't care enough. But they said, and I and I read somewhere that the the book ending was much darker. And I heard that they claw out their eyes. Yeah. And <clears throat> that, I I don't know if I would have enjoyed that as much either, but at least it would have been different. Like, if they were going to claw out their eyes, it should have been, well, I guess it would have been a last ditch, but I don't know how I feel about that ending either. I feel like, ultimately, Bird Box is like a novel, is like a summertime novel that you read on the beach to, like, you know, feel a little bit of an exhilaration just to read a book. And I kind of feel like the movie is the same thing. Now, I mean, that's kind of... Whatever. Like, when the movie ended, I was like, okay, that was all right. It wasn't perfect. It it kind of asked me a lot to go along with it, but I also went into it not thinking that it was going to be anything more than that because, because I... And again, I keep going back to A Quiet Place. Like, A Quiet Place was kind of... I don't want to say it was, like, self-touting itself as, like, this game-changer in horror. And and a lot of people that I was reviewing, it's like, oh, this is this is so, like, a cinematic masterpiece. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, like, you're always going to get those people that just can't think objectively about the film. And, you know, I, I don't know. And maybe I just enjoyed this film more, like, film subjective. But I don't know. It just kind of ended, and I left it, and I was sitting with my girlfriend just like, yeah, that was okay. Like, Happy New Year, and then and then my life continued on. So that's kind of what all I had to say about the film. So let's get into. I don't know if you had anything more to say, or nope, if you just want to move into your closing thoughts and recommendations. No, I think we should just get the clothing, clothing, closing thoughts. Okay, so do you want to start us off, Brian? Yeah, sure. Um, so this film, like I said at the beginning, like I guess I already tipped you know my hand a little bit that I never would have watched this film if it weren't for Mike recommending it. Nothing really, I nothing really appealed me to watching this at all. Even the big hype and hysteria around this film, I didn't really care. And the whole premise, yeah, I said it was cool, it was interesting once I started it, but even then, eh, it's a, uh, the best way I can equate this film is that if you got nothing else to watch, sure, go ahead, give it a shot. Um, so I guess like for that reason, it's not bad, it's not good. I, I'm gonna give this this like the rating system just off of like how I personally enjoyed it I'd probably give it like a four out of five or four out of ten stars it's a meh movie nothing too special about it and I well I guess I also if I recommend like what I recommend it to my girlfriend sure it's like it's like a, it's like a low rated sure <laughs> so so yeah so yeah this film like you said it best if you got nothing better to watch like, you could do worse than Bird Box, and it's, I don't know, it's just, it's a it's a good movie just to, like, turn your brain off and just, like, sit there and just kind of get, like, a cheap thrill, because there's some stuff that this film does, like, pretty well, so in the end of the day, if you just want to, you know, sit back, relax, watch a, you know, decent movie, I think, like I said, you could do worse than Bird Box, and I, I'm going to give Bird Box a 6 out of 10, it's... It's enjoyable. It's not perfect, but the hype surrounding the movie certainly it doesn't live up to that hype and the negative reviews are 
are definitely way over-exaggerated. The movie is okay, as you can tell by me and Brian's conversation. It's it's okay. Just If you just want something to... If, you, if it's a lazy Saturday, lazy Sunday, it's raining, just turn on Bird Box. I, I think if you, if you go into it with the idea that it's kind of a B movie and you're just you just want to you know sit back and relax i i think this is your film so uh once again a 6 out of 10 from mike and a 4 out of 10 from brian so with that guys that concludes this episode of amateur auteurs you can follow us at twitter at auteurs pod or send us an email that's in the link description and yeah we just want to have a conversation with you guys so until next time stay tuned and have a good one thank you for listening to this episode of amateur auteurs Cover design was created by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at our own site and Instagram, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme, Dreams, was created by Joachim Karid, which was found using a Creative Commons search. As a small plug, go check out both Joachim's and Sarah's work. They really deserve it. All content discussed and shown is the property of their respective owners and is used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We are working hard to bring you all new content and episodes. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time.